Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. everyone and welcome back to once upon a timing your only podcast for concealing instead of feeling and the darkest thing to ever happen on once upon a time and no i'm not talking about ingrid murdering her sister i've got a surprise for you abby but just like our wonderful powerful people in this show i'm gonna conceal it so we can feel it later. <laughs> Was the, the, the important part is to push your emotions down as much as possible so they burst through the surface at a much more explosive rate. Agreed. It's the best way to express our emotions. It's a healthy, wonderful way to do this. I'm excited. Yeah, we have to wait for the most o- opportune moment, which is when it literally explodes out the side of a police station. Exactly. And then yeah. for everyone to react as poorly as humanly possible. Exactly. Everyone, we are talking about season four, episode seven, The Snow Queen, uh, where we get the long-awaited backstory uh, behind Elsa and Anna's uh, mother and two aunts. And the reason why this we have one of many amnesias in... I don't think we've actually counted the number of amnesias in this season. Uh, we have a lot. Elsa's got amnesia. Um, Emma's got amnesia. Other people have amnesia. There's a lot, a lot of amnesia going around. It's It's contagious. It's a really nice, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Plot device. (laughs) They just use it so much and they keep doing it and they're going to keep doing it for seasons to come. So, I mean, I think they do this all the way up until the end. Oh, If I'm remembering correctly, amnesia is just a, let's just hit him in the head. We need to give everyone cat scans. Oh, yeah. I mean, but they only have one doctor, and, but he can do everything and also raise the dead. So, but he's kind of busy on another show right now, so they probably can't get him at the moment. Oh, those doctors, I swear. You can never get them when you need them. Nope. Uh, so this is, uh, a, from what I can tell, a pretty important episode in the series. So important, in fact, it was actually written by the showrunners. So they, they popped in to tell the story. So this is a story they wanted to do right. Did they do it right? Mixed results? Uh, I don't know how you feel about this episode, but I, there were things I really liked, um, but there were a few things that I did not. The main thing being the number of times they say the phrase, you're a monster. Yeah. Humans don't say that to each other. Like, (laughs) we're 
start in the past, but you have this guy who kidnaps, tries to kidnap the children. And then, you know, her ice powers come out to stop him. And as he's literally looking up at his deathbed, he's like, you're a monster. <laughs> like, that's his final words. Instead of, oh, shit, I'm about to die. I, I'm, I'm cool with him, like, have, having said something. I feel like it would have been more akin to just being, like, very, like, say, old Salem kind of thing. Like, a witch, it's a witch, witchy powers. But, yeah, monster is such a, like... And they they like the word monster in this show, and they use it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, because, frankly, you know, normal people don't say that. That's true. I say it constantly, but mostly as a joke. <laughs> it's like, you're a monster. Um, yeah, I just... A lot of the stuff just didn't hit correctly. We'll start with the beginning kidnapping scene. Like, none of this made any sense to me. Uh but, like, I like what they do with Emma. I like that they're finally confronting this, but it also doesn't feel earned because it's not like she's just been using her powers willy-nilly. No. Like, she just, she only uses them when they're convenient. So. Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and start um, in, in the past in Arendelle because we are focused on the story of Ingrid. We need to find out what made this Snow Queen the Snow Queen. And as we all know, the Snow Queen is the story that Frozen is based on, but they did change it uh, to instead of like, you know, the Snow Queen being the villain of the story, they made her essentially kind of an anti-hero turned hero, misunderstood character, which I thought was an interesting interpretation. So they're able to kind of bring in the Snow Queen. I do find it funny that everyone just calls her the Snow Queen, but... There's never a time where it's established how or why she's the Snow Queen. They just, they, it's just the moniker they give and she just accepts it. I, yeah, I, I also think that it's not as, I feel like Ice Queen would have been a lot more available mm-hmm. because I get, I, they, they do the snow thing for Elsa and I get, I get that and they get snow and they get all anxious, but like Ice Queen's right there and it's, I feel like that would have been the easier thing to grab a hold of. So you- Snow Queen always sounds a little out of place. Or just to make it like a little bit clearer how it ties to the original story. Although we could see that coming into play with the mirror. Because I know the mirror is kind of tied to Snow Queen stuff. Anyway, so we've got young Ingrid and Gerda. Gerda is Anna and Elsa's mother. And then Helga, the third sister. They are running through the field. One of the weirdest things in this episode are the costume choices. They just dug into the closet and found anything they could. They could. They gave Ingrid like period friendly, like actual like Scandinavian style costumes. And then the other two looked like they were wearing Alice in Wonderland princess dresses, followed by prom gear. Like I the weirdest choice they made is when they get to the final stage of this flashback and they just use full adults. I I. I don't know why, like, they couldn't have cast, like, teenagers to do this. Because it it didn't sit right with me, I guess. Because they, I'm I'm not saying that they looked old. I'm just saying that it seemed weird that there were a bunch of, like, 30-year-old women in a room. Like, she's, she's, she looks like she looks. So she's sitting cross-legged in her peasant gear being like, I guess I won't go to the party. I'm like, you're an entire adult. What's happening right now? Like, I don't understand what's going on. So I, that was my biggest problem. Yeah, it's, 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 there's just so many weird choices in this flashback. Uh, So they're all having a wonderful time. These are three close sisters because sisters are a, a theme in the series, which I'm going to kind of call a little weirdness too, because 
when the whole Ingrid Emma dynamic was kind of first being established, I thought it was, oh, she's like a second mother. And then you have that dynamic. But now they're establishing it like, oh, she's my third sister. Sisterly relationship and a mother-daughter relationship are not the same thing. And I feel I like mean, a mother-daughter one would prevent present more conflict for Emma. Uh, agreed uh i think it also you know when there's an age discrepancy in sisters like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's i'm not saying that i have like a mother-daughter relationship with my sisters but it's definitely not the you know pinky promise talk all night borrow each other's clothes kind of sister like we just have a different dynamic than i think you and your sisters have yeah but but these sisters have like the latter are dynamic because they literally Mm -hmm. exchange promise ribbons and they wear them their entire lives and those things would be so dirty by now how do they stay so pristine they're the gross i mean have you used ribbon like that before it's like craft ribbon it starts fraying on the ends and just falls apart immediately yeah um but then yeah anyway so they have like the world's worst kite yeah, they're they're chasing this kite that they it's not theirs. They just found it in the sky and they're just chasing it. And it ends up in a tree, gets damaged, they pull it down, and a guy arrives, an adult man. Instantly, this is gross, and I'm I'm hating the vibes. Uh, and he's like, Oh, thank you. Um, thank you for returning my kite. Uh but how about instead I kidnap you, young girls, as an adult man? I'm gonna grab you and kidnap you. And I'm going to say it's for ransom, but also this is incredibly unsettling and I don't care for it. (laughs) Yeah, just some little light child trafficking for your beginning of an episode. What is this? Uh, I, everything about this is so strange because the other, like, so the one, the littlest one gets captured immediately. Then the other one, like, walks up to him like, hey, what are you doing? And she's immediately captured. I I don't know. I'm not going to, like, try to think too hard about how this works, but... I have a five-year-old uh, trying to wrangle him by myself when he goes chaotic. Hard to do. I don't know in what world this guy thought he was going to spirit away three feisty children by himself. Without, like, weapons or any kind of tools or anything he like that. He was just going to, like, hold them and just be like, I got him. You just follow him. Lot, 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 yeah, let's go. Uh yeah, but Ingrid is just like, no. I love how dramatically she got kicked back because they, like, slow-moed it. She's like, Oh, yeah, that was it was full Matrix and like the ice comes shooting out of her fingers. And this is clearly the first time this has happened. Uh, she hits the tree. The tree uh, starts to splinter and a branch falls on the dude. And and of course, his his parting words to the world are you're a monster. It's thematic. It's very important. And he's dead. And then the ensuing scene is so funny because they didn't tell the girls how to act next to a dead body. <laughs> listen there's that but also the fact that ingrid is like now like absolutely traumatized by a man who tried to kidnap all of them and then called her a name in his death like you're a monster listen i wasn't the one trying to kidnap i don't know why i i don't like this setup for why she thinks she's a monster she thinks she's a monster because she saved her sisters no yeah it's i mean it's She's a she's a kid. Like she just did something she can't understand and and kids kids absorb things. So I am willing to forgive her conflicting feelings. I don't feel like it would last through adulthood like it does in this way, but they're also trying to create parallels with Elsa. But like I just find it funny how she's she is in near tears. She's freaking out. She's having a panic attack. And then the little the little Gerda is just like beaming smiling. You saved us. There's there's a 
there's a, a collapsed man with his brains falling out of his head literally to four feet behind her. And she's they, just like at a picnic. They didn't tell her he was gone. They were, he's just sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping. He's sleeping. And she's like, you know, like, oh, well, she used her ice powers and he ran away in fear. And she's like, you saved us. Yay. <laughs> As opposed to what those children actually saw, which was the brutal bludgeoning of a grown man. Uh, but I think the other reason I have a problem with the fact that Ingrid, like, immediately turns turns on herself being a monster is the fact that her sisters I, I don't know who raised the difference between those two girls and then who raised Ingrid because those two girls were just like I will stand by you through thick and thin I at no point do they ever doubt her and she's immediately just like I'm the worst I'm terrible and I'm like she sounds like she's surrounded constantly by positivity and she's uh uh so it's just it's it's a weird I don't know. I don't understand the dynamic and they don't explore it enough for me to be feel satisfied by it. So no, no, it, this doesn't get nearly enough time to, to really make sense uh, because, well, cause you know, Ingrid's freaking out. Gerda is just beaming, smiling. Helga is the, the essentially performing the role of the oldest sibling. Like she is the oldest sister in this situation. She is calm. She is focused. And she's like, I'm going to, we're going to share these ribbons from the kite and uh, we're going to have them forever and they're they're going to be cool forever. We're going to always wear them and it's our secret and this is our, our secret bracelets. And then they wear them forever. No, no one wears those. No, that you, they, in like four days, one of them would lose it. They got to take a bath at some point. Yeah. They're going to lose no. it. She's a kid. They're kids. Also, they're- they came from a kite, so they would have already been pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just do I just do enjoy the idea that like three royal princesses are chasing a broken kite and then arguing about who gets to wear the disgusting ribbons. Well, I'm fit for a queen. I'm like, first of all, where are where's the captain of your guard? Like someone should be like looming around you because again, they are small children. Uh, but yeah, they're just left on their own devices and just coveting broken things. It's just like, what what kind of little <laughs> royals are you? I don't understand what's happening. Well, fast forward several years and uh, Helga and Gerda are in their their finest Regency prom, uh, prom gowns. Uh, you know, this is this is the Bridgerton reality show to its finest. And they're getting ready to go to because the, the, their 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 daddy is celebrating his 70th birthday. So that means he's going to die soon. And um, and Ingrid doesn't want to go. She's just she's in her peasant garb. <laughs> Her, her courtly peasant garb and she's like you guys have a great time and dance and fall in love and get married because we're all young women and we're not in our 30s and making we're definitely so young isn't it crazy that we all just got boobs it's these are all things that definitely just already happened i also do like the idea that like none of them had any idea that she wasn't coming to this party like yeah. they just like showed up to her room and she was just and she's just like I've decided to wear my depressed clothes my depression clothing and eat this pint of ice cream. Why no? I mean, this would have been a good situation where we would we needed a scene between the two. We needed a, a scene between the promise ribbons and the ball where we get a sense of her growing isolation and her sisters trying to pull her out of it before the ball because the ball is really the catalyst moment. Um, and we, so we, we see we see them at the ball. Ingrid kind of sneaks in to kind of take a look at things. And here's where we get a lot of frozen cameos in this in this season. For better or for worse, the the sauna guy last week, he was stupid, but I thought it was fun. Anna, 
I am loving more and more. She's she's really growing on me. Elsa, I also enjoy. I just wish she'd wear pants. Um, the worst one is giving us a young version of the Duke of Wesselton and making him the literal exact same version as his old man, down to the dance, the little glasses, the so evil sorcery. Like, they make him the exact same caricature as the movie's old man. And I hated it so much. They should have just brought, they should have just paid the dollars and got Alan Tudyk to come back in. And just to, like, play him, like, straight-faced as a younger... Because, again, like I said, all of the, the daughters are all, like, clearly aged up. So it's just like, just bring him in. He'll he'll age fine. Just put a little bit of dark hair thing in there and just make him wear, like... He's the Duke of Wesselton, but he's also wearing, like, washes, <laughs> like, Hawaiian shirt. Hello. He just... It doesn't work. I don't know why this needed to be here at all. I don't know why we needed this cameo because again, my favorite part, one of my favorite lines is daddy, I need to introduce you to the Duke of who, what's his name? Does he have like, you can't just say the Duke. It's just like, I would like to in- introduce you to Mr. Mr. What? <laughs> Mr. Well, we what? see the thing is we already know the answer to it because we have the visual cues because he looks the exact same. And I agree. I think bringing Alan Tudyk for this and like no one else from the original movie would have been great. And he would have done it. Like he would have done it for free. He would have done it. Like and Alan Tudyk is amazing. Like he this would have been really fun and and just given it that extra oomph if you insisted on having this character, which they didn't need to insist on having this character. We don't need the Duke of Wesselton. We don't need the Weaselton joke. We don't Twice. Need the Weaselton joke. We don't need him to like try to accost Ingrid later. Like all of this is so bizarre. Like I love that yeah. his character was not off limits. Like okay, here are the characters you're allowed to pull, uh, and you're allowed to just do whatever you want. You can make him, you just absolute creepiest dude you've ever met. It's gonna be amazing. Um, but he has to look exactly like he does in the movies. So. Yeah, he can look exact. He can he can commit sexual assault as long as he's visually accurate. <laughs> that you know that feeling like that lines over Disney. <laughs> Who said that? Oh my god. Um. Yeah. I I didn't like this, and then it was just to do the joke about him being a bad dancer, and then for Ingrid's like the world's worst sneak in. She's fully standing in a doorway, and she looks like she's wandered in from outside. Yeah. She does not look like even princess garb, even princess like sleeping attire and stuff should like usually looks pretty nice or her hair would be up. But she just looks like she's wandered, like she crawled out of a well. Father, I'm home. And she's and, like, oh, no, I've made some snowflakes. I must run. And the thing is, like, she is the eldest daughter. According to their conversations, she's going to be queen like they're they, the The woman is going to inherit the crown, which is awesome. Progression, progress. I love it. Go queen. If if the king hasn't presumably not been told about Ingrid's situation, there is no way in hell he would let her sit out on the, these balls. She needs to no. get married. She needs to produce heirs. She's the future monarch. No, the, yeah, you do not keep the future monarch caged up. No. The only reason Elsa got away with it was because no one would t- no one could tell her otherwise. 
the only reason anyone got to tell her otherwise was because there was tradition. Like, hey, you need to be, you need to come out and hold the thing in the thing. And there's no way about it. And they just like converged on her. But like, you don't keep the, the, the late, the lady in waiting or whatever you call it. I don't know. It's not lady in waiting. It's like just heiress, whatever. You don't, you have them out there. She's supposed to be learning. Mm-hmm. And also she would have been like, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Like what, what happened to Elsa? But like, there's a different version of it. Like you do it with like, the, I, I don't know enough about royalty. I'm sorry, but you do, you parade her around. You're right. She doesn't stay hidden, especially enough that doc, that Mr. Duke of Wizzleton was just like, ah, the mysterious third sister. Yeah, no. The air is a secret, a top secret, a big top secret. Yeah, the thing is, like, if she insisted on refusing to do all that shit, like, the crown would be going to Helga. It would not be going to Ingrid, which is exactly what Ingrid prepares to do. She's she's getting ready to run away. She's like, Helga, you're going to be queen. I'm going to leave because I'm a monster and blah, 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 blah. So instead, Gerda's like, no, why don't we, like... Go visit this dude, Rumpelstiltskin, in Mist Haven, this area we all know and love. It's great. It's very easy to get there. It's super simple. Uh, let's go. It's great. And then they go. What I, what, you know what I would have loved? I, what I really wanted, because I hate all this travel, <laughs> this goddamn travel between Arendelle and Mist Haven. I would have loved for Gerda to be like, well, I heard about this guy. We should go visit him, Rumpelstiltskin. And then he shows up. He's like, oh, you rang? Like, because he's watching this family, clearly. Like, he's connected to to Arendelle and this royal family. He's got history with them. So why wouldn't he just, like, pop in? And and why don't we just simplify it? Let's just do that. I, I don't know. Because I also hate this whole scene because, and as I angrily texted you, why didn't they go to him later again? Um, because then there, there's a thing in their backyard that they can fix. Whatever. But I love that they show up, and this this does have, like, uh, adventures and babysitting vibes where it's like, I heard a guy named Rumpelstiltskin can, can save us. Then you end up in this guy's garage, and you're standing there being like, I don't think this guy can help us. I think he's going to make us sell drugs. I think we need to go. Because <laughs> I love both the sisters just, like, in the back behind Ingrid, like, we got to we gotta go. This this is not the vibe. <laughs> and Ingrid's like, yes, I definitely need the gloves and the, the weird murder vase. I need them both. It's the only yeah. thing that can control my, my, my tree killing, uh, snow arm. It's the only thing that can stop me. Yeah. She, and, and in exchange, Rumpel asks for the ribbons, uh, because we have true love yet again. And the true love between sisters is a very special kind of true love. And these, these, these ribbons have a magic that, that will never die. I I do like they they were edging around a very interesting conversation about like imbuing magic into things that you like that you believe have ma- magic because mm-hmm. then he just said something that like triggered a very like religious side of me where he was just like faith is a very powerful thing and I'm like where where are we going what is happening are we just like about to take a hard exit into like also religion has a lot of magic in it because people believe if you believe if there's like, a shroud what? that you may have yeah. heard of <laughs> yes get this shroud it has so much magic in it i don't i don't know uh it's just also he just pulls out like oh no they have a holy grail i was about to make a holy grail joke never mind that that comes into play no it literally does well that's fair 
anyway, I hated this. Anyway, whole thing. so in exchange, they give away their ribbons, even though the uh, Greta, Gerda, and Helga do not want to do so. And Grid insists, saying, "This is the only thing I have to conceal instead of feeling, and the gloves are my way to do that." And also this murder vase that we're just gonna hold on to. Uh, and then we flash cut to our favorite gazebo set, the gazebo that we use all the time. I love this gazebo because isn't this like put a couple sheets on the side of it? Isn't this like where Bo Peep lived? Yeah. Like this was her like leisure. This leisure is Bo Peep's tent. Uh, this is the gazebo where um, where Regina's mom uh, per, like meets up with the dude because she's pregnant. Like this is like this is the secrets and lies and betrayals shed. <laughs> this is the gazebo of lies. <laughs> This is an evil gazebo. It's an evil um, gazebo, yes. It's an evil gazebo. I love an evil gazebo. Uh, and in pops uh, the Duke of Wesselton, and he is like, hey, I I want to get with you uh, because you're first in line, and I also dig your outfit. Because now there had to have been a cut scene because now she's wearing her, her ice outfit. When did she get her ice outfit? There, oh, there is no way, not, there's absolutely no way that the hidden daughter of royalty who has snow powers is just chillaxing in the evil gazebo in like a full neck piece, a big snowflake ornament that she clearly pulled off a tree from Michael's. And just like this, what is this outfit? Like, this was just like, I'm going to put on my nicest outfit. Then I'm just going to go read my trashy romance novels by the lake. Like, what is, what is happening here? Like, because then she just wears it forever, which again, I'm enjoying the fact that they were like, we got to make it so that they're wearing the same dress forever. And no one thinks it's weird with Elsa. So we'll also make her wear her dress forever. Amazing. Yeah. But Elsa's dress at least had an explanation. Like she, 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 she transformed herself during let it go. We just jump cut. We just flash cut to smash cut. Sorry to Ingrid just wearing the snow outfit and 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 uh, the Duke like wants to get in on it and uh, Helga shows up and is like oh my god what's going on here and the Duke says hey she tried to hit on me I was a gallant sir gentleman and she attacked me with her ice evil ice magic and I was like um no bud no dice no ice I don't believe you. Uh, no ice no ice and uh, tells him to get out, uh, makes a Weaselton joke, and the Duke's like, fine, I'll go, but you know what? The whole world's going to hear that your sister's a monster, and she has ice powers, and everyone's going to know. Does no one in this world, like, does Arendelle just not have magic? Yeah, see, this is what I don't understand. So they go and they talk to Rumple, and it's like clearly a land with magic. So I don't understand why they would freely go to and from this place with magic, but then the royal family can't have it or learn to control it. Um, because as far as I can tell, I didn't do a super big deep dive thinking about this. This is just the thought I had. They weren't allowed to change anything about Elsa's story. So they gave us a Snow Queen with almost exactly Elsa's story. And they got to change what they wanted to change. Look, she does a murder. Look, she gets evil. Like, does that? Can't do that with Elsa. We'll just give them Ingrid to do these things and i it just it doesn't ring enough true because there's like no way that this exact same thing happens again not a single chance i mean if we've learned anything from the made for tv disney sequels them you know the direct to dvd ones um 
usually it's just a a descendant or or an ancestor of our main characters do the same thing as our main characters usually it's the children of the main characters you know like like think about lion king too i just okay no thanks so (laughs) (laughs) i just i just have a hard time believing that the 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 last sister standing goes and does this ba- big magical spell unless the idea is that she is also imbi- in, in like taken down by the spell to forget her own sisters and then has a daughter with the same powers and then tries to do the same thing with her that she didn't want to do in the first place yeah like, May- well maybe maybe she wants to do it now because she saw what happened with Ingrid when Ingrid finally was using her powers. But if you think about, try to think about it logically, this backfield does not make sense. But honestly, the backfield of frozen two does not make sense either. They just, no one knew how to create a a history with this world. Everyone did bad at it. And yeah, yeah, no, no one got it right. Everyone done goofed, but alas, Ingrid gets very pissed because the Duke is going to expose her. And so she actually goes to attack him with ice powers and Helga jumps in the way. And uh, we get the world's fastest freezing of the heart, freezing of the body because Ingrid is very powerful. And uh, she instantly freezes up and crumbles apart. The body is just decomposing in front of our eyes and she is dead. You know, like ice does. Like ice does it. Ice immediately shatters. Have you, have you, that's what they do with uh, uh, ice sculptures. They carve them and then they immediately shatter into the good ice cubes that you get at the hospital. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to chalk it up to Ingrid's kind of emotions dictating what's happening to her sister because it's her powers that, that, that changed her. And so like, as Ingrid falls apart emotionally, so does Helga's body fall apart literally. But I think that's a bit of headcanon. But in any case, Helga's dead. Gerda shows up and is like, what the fuck? This is because of our ribbons. Our ribbons did nothing. And um, immediately our goes. Our ribbons did everything. We got rid of the ribbons. When we gave up the ribbons, we turned our back on everything. <laughs> we, turned, we turned our back on God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's faith. They have it. God's punishing us. It's a heavily religious episode. It's very spiritual. <laughs> And Gerda puts Ingrid in the uh, murder vase. Oh, no, maybe we shouldn't have had this murder vase nearby. And Gerda just hardened, destroyed. This is not the little girl who is smiling next to a corpse. This this woman is tormented. So what any tormented woman who now has the weight of the crown on her head as she knows she was, she's the only one that needs to be in line and she needs to take care of her family and fix this before they are undone by this murder and magic. Uh, she puts her hair in two long ponytails or two long pigtails. Why was her hair not this the whole time? Because it seemed weird that after this very destructive and traumatic event at the gazebo, she would not have put in two long whimsical Pippi Longstopping. Long I mean, she had the two braids when they went to go see Rumple. I guess she just didn't have them during the trauma. Thing. I don't know. I, I get what they're doing. It's just like, look, she looks like Anna, which was very weird. Cause I was confused the whole time. I'm like, which one is their mom again? Cause I thought it was a blonde one for the first like five minutes. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember which one it is. 
But then she goes to the troll. I'm going to stop saying rock trolls. It's never rock trolls. It's just the one. It's just the one. Yeah. But why did they not go to him first? That's a good question. I I don't understand. Well, I mean, because, well, Ingrid, they don't, the rock troll, the trolls only deal with memory. As far as we can tell, that's the only thing that they've established is it deals with memory. That's why she goes to them. But Ingrid wants something to control her powers. I mean, maybe she could make herself forget that she had him in the first place, kind of like what the trolls do to Anna. But I don't think they thought that far ahead. No. I also am confused because I don't feel like I remember her saying you have to swear that you'll tell no one. I think it was just like, we'd have to do this and it's, we we have to do this. And he's just like, listen, secrets have a way of revealing themselves. And I'm like, yeah, because you told somebody. Like, you you said, like, secrets have a way of revealing each other, and then just spills the tea, like, 30 years later. <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's, yeah, and also, you know, secrets have a way of revealing themselves when you forget um, to also erase written records. Like, I don't know if that was just a power beyond his ability, but he could have at least told Gerda, like, hey, by the way, before I do this, make sure you get rid of any written records, like, genealogy shit, because someone might pull it out and be like... Wait, what are these two extra branches on the line I don't know anything about? Well, I have a very specific magic. Well, what's that magic? Well, I can get rid of memories and all kinds of fun things. Uh, It does come at a price. What's that? Uh, It suddenly starts producing random 23andMe results that I can't find or control. (laughs) (laughs) They just appear in books and libraries and places all over the... (laughs) What is happening? Uh, yeah, so we got a Snow Queen in in a in a bucket now. Got her she, there. She's in, I bet she's she stays a, there forever. She's in a bucket. Well, I mean, she doesn't stay in the bucket forever. She does eventually get out, but then she is going to once again find herself incar- incarcerated yeah. because, oh no, she she her evil plan got stopped by Emma. Uh. Who stopped oh, no. her evil plan? Oh. They they tracked the snail trail to the. <laughs> I can't say it. I can't say it without slapping. They dragged it to the couch. But, okay, so before we get to that, just the beginning part of, like, the random babies that are in Storybrooke, I love this, like, this whole beginning setup is just nonsense. Because we get to Emma and Elsa in present day, and they're in the sheriff's station, and Emma's holding a candle. And she's like, here, I'm going to try something, and this will this will stop the ice or the snow queen. And blows on it. It doesn't quite work. And then, and then just, Emma just puts it down and she's like, I gotta, I gotta go. I got a babysitting job. Uh, we'll find Anna later. And Elsa's like, that's right. Real life can't stop just because my sister is in, is in danger. Like they don't, like you heard her heartbeat days ago. Like we don't know in what condition she was left. She literally tried the spell once. I tried it once. It took five seconds. I think we could have tried it a couple of times. So remember when earlier in our recording where I talked about the the darkest thing to ever happen in Once Upon a Time? Oh no! It's yeah, in the yeah. it's in it's in this scene. It's in okay. this scene. Okay. So I, I don't know if you're ready for this because I, I was like not I, feel- I was not ready for this. <laughs> I I am I I'm I'll just tell you where I'm at right now is that I'm like there are two blonde women playing with candles about to go to a baby and me class so I don't understand at what juncture something dark happens so just please okay let me okay so when el when anna sorry when elsa is looking through the paperwork before finding the candle Mm -hmm. 
Um, she's looking through some, she's looking through some files cause that's what she does. Like she looks through files and reads things. And there is a screen, a very brief shot that I, that I took a still of cause I'm like, I want to see what these are, these pages. Cause there's these random pages. One of them is like what looks to be like financial estimates from a, uh, a paper mill company in British Columbia, which I thought was really funny. The other one is an interview transcript that where it says uh, Miranda has been reviewed. Now, it, the the seal on it is not Storybrooke. Like you can tell it's not the ma- the Storybrooke main seal that they've established on the show. So the, I'm guessing this was a transcript that they wrote for some background thing for like a Law and Order episode or some British cop show or something. Um, but it's in the canon of the show. So I'm not going to read you the whole thing. I'm just going to s- summarize it. It's a cop interrogation of a man named Cyril Kemp who is an unemployed math teacher with who has horrible dreams who's now living in a homeless shelter and he's being interrogated because he kidnapped a boy who was playing and won't tell anybody where he hid the boy he just he took the boy because he was angry the boy got kidnapped and now the, the the interrogator is like, where is the boy? I don't know. Where did you hide the boy? I don't know. They say you took the boy. Where'd you take the boy? Refuses to answer. <laughs> that is now a canon part of Storybrooke history is that at one point, a man named Cyril Kemp who had, who was, who lived in a homeless shelter, which establishes that Storybrooke has a homeless shelter uh, who, ha- who has anger issues and has weird dreams, kidnapped a boy and refused to tell the cops where he hid him. So, darkest thing ever to happen once upon a time. It haunted me, and now it has to haunt everybody else. Everyone has to be on that journey with me. I'm sorry. I, 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 honest to God, I have no idea what to do with the information. I'm just, <laughs> the, I'm, the whole time she was talking, guys, my, my, my mouth was just open. I just, uh, because first of all, that name sounds familiar. It's like a soccer player from like the early 1900s or something. Like it's a well, name. That, that's that, why I would. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You know how I mean, I'm a big scholar on the old 1900 soccer players. Um, but no, it does sound. But I'm also thinking it's maybe maybe because it's close enough to like Ed Kemper. Mm. But then also because I've been watching Dimension 20, it sounds like Evan Kelp, which is the Harry Potter series that they did, which was really funny. They were jazzing on it but anyway doesn't matter that's oh God, there's got to be a way that we can put that in i i need to think about it there's got to be like i can i can headcanon this into real life like a terrifying story because right now like obviously the scariest part of that is like pinocchio it's just be like it's just pinocchio this well, is the story and, of pinocchio and you got if you think about it like who was the sheriff before emma it was graham graham did this interrogation presumably Okay, okay, okay. Let's just take that a step further. <laughs> this is all we're talking about for the rest of the episode, guys. It doesn't get any better. Who was the, the kidnapped boy? Who got kidnapped? Okay, okay, but here's the deal. They kept reliving the same day forever. So for 28 years, Graham had to drag this mystery dude into an interrogation and have the world's worst conversation with him. That- oh my god. I'm upset. I'm this upset is a living nightmare. I have to. I'm just. 
Thank you for passing that on to me. So now I can just like text you at three in the morning being like, what did you do to me? (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't stop. We have to find the little boy. (laughs) We We must find the boy. Who's the boy? Where is he? Where'd he go? I like that. So this, and I'll just say this to kind of uplift us uh, just a little bit, but it always reminds me of there's this story about parks and recreation when Leslie is running for city council that she's like, she makes this like campaign ad where she's like, here's some other things that I'm pro. And it goes through this really fast list of everything that she's for. And it's, it's a nonsense list because it does have some political things in it, but it's also like pro hot dogs and pro like pro petting dogs. And they just, like, apparently the writers were just like, yeah, we were just going to put, like, a couple items and then just repeat it a bunch. And they were like, no, 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 no. Can't do that because our fans are insane. They will slow it down and they will make a list of what she is for. You have to make a real list. And that's exactly what they did. And it's like, once upon a time didn't realize how nuts we were by season four. It was like, someone who is making a podcast years after its cancellation and finishing, uh, is going to take a still shot and and be like, who's Kemp? It's <laughs> actually ironic that you say that because the actual interrogation only takes up half a page and it repeats twice. <laughs> so they didn't even go that far. And again, it's not the storybook. It's like it's it had to be just an old piece, a piece no. of paper they pulled from another show. Or something, just putting some piles of papers together. It was repeated because Graham did the first day, and then he did the second day, and then he turned it around, and he wrote it on the top part, and then he wrote it on the <gasps> second part. Hard work and no play makes Graham a double. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all, it all makes sense. Who is the boy? Guys, the walls are pulsing. Uh, they're bleeding. Help. <laughs> Who is the boy? What we are must we talking know. About? Where is the boy? I don't want to talk about anything else. This whole podcast is going to be finding the little boy. <laughs> I, this this is become, like, it's a true, a once upon a time true crime podcast now. Hey, listen, just if anyone's going to start a true crime podcast, it's just two white women in their 30s. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to solve this, guys. We're going to get to we're, the bottom of this. Yeah, don't we're, worry. We're gonna, we're gonna, okay, we're gonna, so where were we? Anyway... We yeah, so, so the candle, class. Emma's gone. She's going to go um, uh, She's gonna go check out a Mommy and Me class with the mommies of Storybrooke. All of this is so contrived and clearly, I'm just going to say it, clearly written by two dudes. Uh, because it's like, we go to a Mommy and Me class. This, this is a real thing. This isn't even a first time mom's class. You would do this with any of your children. Like, this is a fun thing to do. It's fun. It's a little chaos when they get a little older, but it's nice. You go, you interact with other moms. It's great. So, like, all the little babies are there. They're singing their little goodbye song. And then Emma shows up late. I don't know why she would have needed to be there earlier, but whatever. And they just have this, like, really weird stilted conversation about how, like, this is just a really good, you know, thing for first-time mothers. And Snow immediately is like, oh, I'm not a first-time mother. Don't look at me like that. And Emma is very logically being like, but you are. Like, you didn't raise me. You stuck me in a wardrobe and you, I, I popped back into your life at... 28 years old and snow's like oh my god why would you say that it's the truth snow i don't i don't know what else to tell you it's 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 not great but it is the pragmatic side of emma of just being like this is just what it is you didn't you haven't raised a baby before i'm sorry yeah i i feel like there's a healthier way for them to have this conversation but it's also a very awkward place for snow to be in because she feels enough guilt for not being there for emma and she deal it, like it, it. It kind of. If I were in her shoes, I would feel like I would feel 
guilty of a crime I didn't commit or I didn't want to commit. Like, you know, she didn't do this because she wanted to. No. And, And I've talked about this before. Like, she was putting the needs of her people above her own and did something very selfless and did what she thought was right, which was giving her baby her best chance and putting her out into the world. I just... I don't know. I, I guess you could kind of one to one it to adoption. Like she had the baby, then immediately like relinquished the child and then got her back. I first of all, this is not a conversation to be having in the living room of some rando in front of those randos. But like this again, these are conversations you should be having with Hopper inside his uh, office during your scheduled hours and not in the street. I. These things needed to be unpacked a long time ago, and the fact that they they only do it when it gets uncomfortable is not healthy. Yeah, it's not healthy. But at the same time, um, Cinderella done goofed because saying it's for first time moms like that in front of Emma, she knows the situation. She knows Snow. They were close. Like the fact that she worded it like that was really and the fact that she didn't really seem to acknowledge that she fucked that she messed up by saying it like that or be like oh my god i'm so sorry like i feel like it shouldn't have just been on snow to remedy that situation because cinderella was not very nice um also speaking of religion um aurora calling it a devil's box (laughs) yeah i it's a wildly religious episode uh and then so (laughs) the conversation starts to get a little dicey and then emma boils a a bottle in her hand first of all very large bottle for the age of neil that's a humongous bottle yeah (laughs) it's a very large bottle um and she boils it but it's also glowing which i just have some questions like obviously if it was breast milk she boiled it all the nutrients are gone but what did she add (laughs) with the glowing like what's going on i mean well i mean they had marvel at this time you know maybe they were trying for uh for an mcu crossover at this time you know well it's also the uh the uh the bottle in hercules right he has to give him the bottle and the body (gasps) makes the glow go away maybe it's a reverse hercules maybe Mm. they could have turned neil baby neil into hercules I'm on my way. Oh my god! And then it turns into okay. Sorry, I'm going back to the missing little boy thing. Uh, remember, you know how like in like a season or two, like just Neil just gets forgotten. Like the, there's just a baby somewhere, and they never talk mm-hmm. about him again. It's Neil, the missing child. <gasps> it's from. It's a transcript from the future. Where's oh my baby god. Neil? Oh no. Oh no. Where is the boy? Where is he? <laughs> Tell me, dear. Okay, so. That was, like, so Snow kind of flickers her eyes a little bit just to be like, uh, you boiled, like, 16 ounces of breast milk. (laughs) That, I'm furious. And Emma reads that as just like, oh, they kind of, because Elsa had made a comment being like, oh, well, you're, they aren't afraid of your powers. And she's like, no, my family would never be afraid of my powers. Cut to Snow being concerned about baby's milk being boiled while Emma's not paying attention. I... I don't know if this is going to make me sound intolerant of magic users. I'm being weird and facetious. Facetious. I think there is a, a, you're allowed to have a level of concern around people who have magical powers that cannot control them. Like, I, I, I understand that you would want to be like, Hey, I'm a little concerned about what's happening. Maybe let's not hold a baby right now. Uh, but let's find you help. Let's get someone to train you. Because again, Emma has been resistant to training from the jump. 
she never wanted to be trained and she only ever wants to be trained when it matters okay i said my yeah i i agree um but i also feel like snow's reaction was really bad because her reaction instead of communicating with her daughter is to keep her eyes downcast and hold the baby and back away slowly as she's like recoiling in horror and protecting her baby from the evils of emma like it was it was it felt incredibly contrived i so i both agree but i will also put a little bit of a defense because there is some stuff that you'll do like without thinking about it Mm. and i think that's what they tried to do with snow but it's it was so contrived that it didn't quite work uh, because sometimes you just do things without realizing that it's happening. Because if you're holding a baby and, like, someone starts, like, I don't know, someone starts doing something wild, you start turning your body from it. Like, you're just like, I need to, like, get myself between. The-. You just do stuff like that instinctually. And, again, Emma is an adult, but Neil's a baby. So Mary Margaret is going to, or Snow, or is going to do what she can to. So I'll give it that. But it, you're right. It, it It's very contrived the way that it's framed. And it could have been done in a better way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so now Emma's all skeeved out and she gets an immediate out for babysitting, which she didn't need because Snow was about to cancel her plans anyway. Uh, and she's like, oh, well, <laughs> David uh, found a snail trail up into the clock tower with a strange mirror. I have to go. So they rally the troops uh, to go to the mirror and Belle is amongst them. And it's this, it, you're right. I didn't realize how nice of a ring light this was until this episode. I love seeing everyone's reflections. They looked fabulous. Oh, yes. Everyone looked incredible. Um, And so they get there and then Belle's like, no, wait, don't look in this mirror. It tells you terrible things, terrible true things, but terrible things. And Hook's like, I have been staring in this mirror at myself for hours. How long have you been here, Hook? Because he makes it sound like he's been up here all morning. He's like, and I think I look even more handsome. Yeah. And they're like, no, this is a fake mirror. They're like, what do you mean it's a fake mirror? Why would they do that? Uh, because they wanted to lure Emma, which is exactly what happens. Emma shows up with Elsa. Elsa's there, yeah. And yeah. they they blow the candle and they catch Ingrid and she immediately takes her to the police station. Yay, we got her. And like, Ingrid's like, oh, you caught me. I can't believe this happened. Oh, no. Emma should have known something was up. I mean, I get she was she was she was unnerved because of everything that happened with with yeah. her mother, but mm-hmm. but at the same time, this is the most suspicious of all the suspicious. I, she gets so she gets played so hard in this episode. Um, so so she takes her back. So anyway, they know that it's a fake, so they're they're gonna go talk to Rumple, I guess. Whatever. Well, <laughs> Elsa and Emma start interrogating Ingrid a little bit, but. <laughs> Elsa's just like it's like you know where my sister is tell me damn it and they like Emma fully pushes her out of the room like you need to calm down you need to go stand somewhere else go get a drink sit a few plays out I'll handle this because level heads will prevail yeah I think I think Elsa didn't get the memo of what being the bad cop of the good cop bad cop entails yeah. he got he got to build up to it he got to you got to put the fear the fear of god in their eyes before you, you rattle the cage. Yeah. And and none of them did this. They were always off kilter talking to Ingrid. And so Ingrid's just like, hey, man, what's going on? What do you want to talk about? And just like starts peppering random information to Emma about just like, oh, no, you were you were my foster kid. And it was great. And 
oh, I got rid of your memories because not all of it was great, but like most of it was great. And I know you and I'm so proud of you. Like for real, like this isn't like me trying to manipulate you at all. I'm super proud. And yeah, like it's great. Also, is your family super terrified of you? And it's like, just stop it. And then Ingrid covers the whole police station. I'm sorry. She only covers the door in ice. She yeah. doesn't seem to cover the rest of it in ice. No. So then it all kind of happens at once. They go to they go to Gold's to get Gold to bring him back to help him because they know that he can help. And so they all start running to the police station. As they're doing this, Ingrid is whipping Emma up into a frenzy and getting her to yell. And it's just like, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And then Emma slams her hands on the table and the whole side of the police station blows up. And he was like, yay, you did it. I'm so proud of you. And then disappears. I mean, she's basically like Dazzler or uh, Jubilee. Like her, her, she has, she, like this whole, like her light magic. It's just like white from her hands that sometimes shoots out these white streams and then sometimes adds sparks. Like they don't really know how to do her powers at all. No. And I'm going to point something out because they're really trying to do this Elsa on this Elsa and Emma parallel of like, they don't understand us. The ones of us with powers, like creating this dynamic at no point. Does anyone say, oh, you know who else has magic? Regina. She literally shoots magic from her hands. It just happens to be fire instead of water and ice and and sparks. Like, I don't get why Regina is at no, is never a part of this conversation. She's in her, her vault looking at a book and then makes out with Robin. That's literally all she does. We will get to Robin in a second because I have feelings. Uh, bad ones, just not to bury the lead there too much. So, yeah, so Emma starts having some sort of, like, power malfunction. Everyone arrives. And then, like, in a real quick moment, basically, she walks out. She's like, no one touch me. My powers are going crazy and having jubilee hands. And then, like, she freaks out. Everyone kind of comes near her. She freaks out again, knocks down a pole. It starts crashing into hook hook or charming pushes hook out of the way and then hurts his arm saving hook and then snow runs up and scolds emma like again bad reaction a reaction like you can have that reaction normally i i'm gonna call it i'm just gonna call it some sort of reactionary situation like I don't know if you do this at any point, but I've sometimes called my dog my kid's name because I just like, like ah! or called the kid the dog's name. Just it just it comes out of my mouth or mm-hmm. something. And so I don't know. Maybe it was just like a reactionary thing. It, it could have been done much better. I understand what they were trying to do. Didn't like how they did it. And it just has her big hurt eyes. Jennifer Morrison is so beautiful. And she just has these big goes, I have to leave. And just storms off to her beetle. The only part of this scene that makes less sense is the fact that Hook at no point moves. He's not held down by anything. He's fully standing. He reaches for her. She walks away, and then he just pulls back. Emma, no. I gotta say, like, Hook, I'm not liking what they're doing with his character right now because they're not doing anything. 
Like the past few episodes, he hasn't done shit. He's just been there for Emma and just stands there. Like he's he's a main character, but he doesn't do anything. Like once they fig- once they gave him the love story with Emma, he ceased to have a purpose on his own. And I really hope that that changes. But as of now, the only thing of substance he's done was get his hand and become temporarily and is now indebted to Rumple. But we've never seen anything come with that afterward. It, so I've noticed this before in previous episodes where they have if they have enough people standing in a scene, they cannot write each of them individually. They start writing them as like a mob because they're just like, I can't write each of these individual character arcs. Like, cause they, I feel like they just don't have it written down. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. here's how hook would react in this situation. Here's how charming would like, they got it right. The fact that hook wasn't paying attention and then charming had to save him that tracks. But the fact that hook at no point just chases Emma down to just be like, Hey, and says anything. He's not going to grab her. He's not going to stop her from doing whatever, but she, he's going to say something. Like, that's what I truly believe Hook's character would just be. Like, listen, like, you don't need to, like, we're not actually afraid. You know, you you need some help. We'll find, like, we're not afraid of you. We're afraid of your powers. Like, I don't know what they, he would need to say. Or I'm hell, a writer. he's grown, he was with Korra. He's done a lot of stuff with magic. He could very easily just go up to Emma and be like, no, we're not afraid of you. Please understand. And then he could go chastise the crap out of Mary Margaret and be like, look, what you need to stop doing this. Look yeah. what's, how it's impacting your daughter. I did like how Mary Margaret instantly knew she messed up and was like, she, she, she did the mom scold and then was like, oh shit. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And, but it was too late. But like, you could have Hook being in the position of making everybody else understand what they're doing wrong. But instead yeah. he just stands there. They all just stand there. <laughs> There's other people in the scene, but you wouldn't know it based on what happens. Uh-huh. So Emma makes a run for it. They can't find her anywhere. And they're just like, oh, it's because she doesn't want to be found, which is fair. But they're also terrible at looking for people. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, she's missing. And then so then Ingrid goes and has some sort of like weird spiritual moment with her mirror. Um, and then then she has a conversation with Rumple about get I this this was the last scene in the episode and then I'm going to talk about Robin but this last scene took forever it felt like a 20 minute scene for no reason they were both talking so slowly they're like we have to get to the full 44 minutes just stretch stretch for time we have no more dialogue and the whole thing is what do they need uh she had verbal information for Rumple, and he had her ribbons so she whispers something in his ear about what he needs to do to cleave himself from the dagger. Even words. though no one else was in the room. Again, yeah. Because he apparently, his secret goal is to rule the world. So he wants to rule Earth. Well, no, he, he just wants to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. So, he, yeah, he just wants to, he's like, Storybrooke is too small for you. You're a big fish in a little pond. Me, I'm fine with Storybrooke. She's not fine with Storybrooke. This would never have worked. It doesn't make any sense that she would be fine to a population of 900. Well, it, well actually, a population of three, because she's going to have everybody murder each other. Well, that's right. Also, yeah, she's going to have some sort of weird purge night happening. Ice purge. So, so that's what that happened. So, now apparently Rumpel is going to do something gladly. I forget what it is, but apparently he's going to... I'm guessing he's going to murder somebody. Who knows? Uh, so, there's that. So, let's just real quick... Just real quick gloss over the Robin 
Regina stuff. I I will preface this by saying I like them later together. I don't like whatever's happening here. I don't like how we get there. So, I I don't mind it. So I'm kind of curious what what bothers you about it. She is setting up clear boundaries constantly. Every single scene, she's like, no, I don't want to be a part of this. And Robin continues to show up. No, she just don't show up. Like, I understand that it's, it's rom- like, it, it reads as romantic because she wants it to be happening. But I don't like that she keeps saying, this is what I want. She's using I statements. I can't do this. It is hurting me. It makes me feel bad. I don't want to do something that makes me feel bad. I will find true love again whatever and then robin just is like it's so hard for me it's so hard for me do you understand how hard it is for me to be married but also in love with you it's no one's thinking about me robin's using you statements gina's using i statements it's very unbalanced i don't like it it this did not give me the tingly feel goods so i understand that and i i think that's a very valid point the other one that i will throw out there is that Regina has a tendency to, like, if things aren't going her way, if things aren't going perfectly her way, he, she shuts the door. It's very all or nothing. It's black or white. No gray areas. There is a, there, she, she cares for Robin. She loves him. She wants to be with him. But she doesn't like, she, she anytime there's a gray area, it, she shuts it down. Like, that's why her first re- reaction was, how can I kill Maid Marion or otherwise get rid of her? Because that makes it a black and white situation that gets rid of the problem. She doesn't like moral complexity because it's not she's... morally complex. It is, though. It's they're, they're, not, the... he's married. <laughs> it's over. Well, he, it's, I, I think but, that's where but we his back. wife was dead. He is, is, he, is he a widower because his wife came back from the dead? Is he still a widow? Is he a widower? Like, if, 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 if somebody, like, if you, if you were married and your spouse disappeared for 10 years or 20 years and you go on and you live your life and then they come back, do you owe them anything? I think okay, Robin he, thought he, he did and is realizing that he didn't. But he can't backtrack it with a person who he can't, com- like... It was that was his entire plan, and then Marion went into a coma. So like he's just making these decisions, and just because he has no one else to talk to, if Marion were still alive and well and walking around, he'd still be trying to give it the old college try. As far as I'm concerned, it it just to me it is not black and white. I think it's a there's there's a conversation that needs to be had between those two people in the event of like a castaway situation. Where he gets deserted on a desert island and then comes back to find that his wife is married to another person. That's a conversation that they're having together. Be like, hey, I'm so happy that you moved on with your life. But that's not the conversation he and Marion had. Marion was like, we're still married. And Robin went, yeah, definitely, we're still married. And now she's in a coma. So, like, she went into the coma. Like, it, I, I just don't think it's as black as, or it's not as gray for me. But I'm also, I only deal in absolutes. I'm a stick I- through to my core. I can totally understand that. I, in this case, I don't mind it because I like when a show does things that are morally gray, that are morally ambiguous, where we're left to kind of look at the positives and the negatives and come to our own conclusions. Like, I think you're coming to a conclusion that it's not a, not a good thing. I'm, I'm also coming to that conclusion. It's not a good thing. 
but I also don't mind it. <laughs> and also, think- it's really hot. <laughs> so, what do I do? Yeah, I think... I will just say my biggest hang up of the whole thing is just the fact that she, there's three scenes that this happens. She just is just like, please don't come find me anymore. I just want to Mm -hmm. hide. She literally goes underground. She goes into her like a cellar bunker and she's like, I just want to be left alone. No one will leave her alone. This poor woman just wants to be left alone. And I understand no one wants her to go evil again, but it's just like, I just, as someone who sometimes just needs to be left alone, (laughs) if people didn't leave me alone, people would die. So... (laughs) It, that's where I'm at it. Uh, we're at an impasse, and it's fine. Whatever. I just don't like this. It gives me, as the children on the TikTok say, it gives me the ick. So. Yeah, but I mean, Marion's going to give us the ick later. So, I mean, it's just... Oh, it's, it's just a big icky situation yeah, at the bottom. So. We, 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 have, we have just... We're just dipping our toe into all the ick. It's an iceberg, if you will. It's an iceberg. It's, it's about to get chiller. Well, everybody, that was season four, episode seven, The Snow Queen. Overall, like, there's some interesting stuff in there. It has, you know, a pretty dark backstory for The Snow Queen that I think works. It also has an even darker backstory for Graham. (laughs) Where is the boy? I love us unpacking a story that doesn't exist. It does not exist. Um, And yeah, so any, any final thoughts? Um, I like that. Concerns? I like that. Rumple makes Henry dress in a full coat and tails to use furniture polish. Dude, what a dick! <laughs> <laughs> what a, I'm. He's done some truly horrific things. This might be the worst one. This is this the worst one, offender. Of the <laughs> You're he, making a boy, a growing boy, in his only good church suit. Oh, so it's more religion. <laughs> sweep the floors and use furniture polish in a suit how dare you his mother had to buy him that at sears it's discontinued that thing is expensive how dare you the audacity yeah absolute audacity that was his fireman father's tie (laughs) because his dad was a firefighter my dad was a fireman and i'm definitely not adopted it's fine Uh, no, it's, it's whatever. This episode had good and bad. It kind of middled out. So I yeah. I didn't super hate the episode. I think that there was a lot more potential than they... I think you can definitely tell. I want to start like not paying attention to who writes the episodes and like see if I can guess. Oh, let's, let's start doing that. We'll start... We'll have the... the we'll start playing the guessing game. But only, but only in the times where it's a writer or a team of writers you'd recognize. I'm just saying like... Because the there are some randos that just like come in for like... uh, to just come in for like one or two episodes or something yeah i'm just saying the showrunners i know they bookend the episodes but Mm -hmm. like every once in a while they show up for like episode seven and it's just like sometimes they show up and you can tell because there's 10 people standing around but only two people talking so (laughs) that's that's been the tell so far so uh yes well thank you everyone for joining us for this latest episode of once upon a timing uh, be sure to uh, head over to our Patreon. We're going to be uploading a, a special bonus episode about Bridgerton. Uh, and I'll be sure to tell Abby about the Bridgerton reality show on ABC. I was wondering what you were talking about. I was like, a Bridgerton reality show? No, that's that a real like thing. That a fire idea. It's, it's a Wait, real does thing. it sound like a fire idea or does it sound like a bad idea? Uh, I've heard it's a little column A, a little column B. A little, okay. A little bit of so, both. A little bit of both. Okay, so... On a scale of one to Christopher Lloyd in the Spirit Halloween movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd say probably about like a 6.5 or a 7. It's essentially The Bachelor with 
bachelor with Bridgerton courtship rules. So, like, if your bachelor's your thing, then hell yeah, there you go. Uh, Only if there's a lady whistle down showing up with like just the meat, like the, a burn book that. Just, <laughs> end of the episode. Uh, Teresa thinks Kyle smells like farts. Anyway, <laughs> well, a special thank you to all of our patrons, especially our Snow Queen level patrons. This week's Patreon shoutout goes to ZDF. Thank you so much for supporting us. And you can head to patreon.com slash timing if you too would like to support us and get early access to episodes, bonus episodes, and of course, our special shout outs. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash timing. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season four, episode eight smash the mirror abby we are getting close to the conclusion of the frozen storyline uh we are venturing into dark emma territory and that means we're making a full circle oh my god that's incredible i'm so excited i'm excited full circle i'm excited to go into these episodes we've already looked at with fresh eyes and just like and just kind of just seeing what the hell's going on with the one one important caveat that we must take with us through the end of the series. Abby, where is the boy? The dark one boar took him. The dark one boar took the boar. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Full circle. We closed the loop. We did it. We solved it in one episode. We, we did Thank it. Thank you yes. for listening to True Crime Once Upon a Time. We did it, guys. We did it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And, Abby, we are going to see you next week. See you next week, Beth.